0: They're gonna be like, we don't know what you're saying, and then I'm gonna be like, I don't know what you're saying.
1: <laughs> well, I need to be a canon lawyer. Canon lawyers will understand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Theo Table, where angels dancing on the head of a pin can change your life.
2: I'm Aiden, also
0: known as Celtic Catholic Fire.
2: I'm Julie. I'm Maria.
0: And I'm Jarek.
2: With the 4th of July coming up, we thought we should talk about the relationship between Catholicism and the United States. Our fundamental
3: question for today is, how should we as Catholics relate to the U.S., and how should the U.S. relate to us as Catholics?
1: Now, when you think about America, like, especially with the 4th of July, stereotypically it's FREEDOM in all caps with a giant eagle flying in the background and fireworks going off, or I don't know if you're of a particular political persuasion, Ronald Reagan bearing double AK-47s riding a velociraptor. I might throw that into the YouTube video because <laughs> I find it a humorous image. Um, but yeah, so basically, the idea of freedom seems to be a particularly American... Uh, principle, almost, that it's sort of a it's been a guiding way that America sees itself for basically all of its existence. Um, This is important to bring up, though, because how America sees freedom has changed a lot over the last two and a half, some centuries. Um, And that really does influence how the Church and Catholics more generally have interacted with and need to interact with the United States. So I guess maybe a good place to start would be like, what does Catholicism think about freedom, and how does that and has that clashed with America in the past?
0: So, I, I, it seems like one fundamental distinction between freedom or liberty in the Catholic tradition and freedom or liberty in the American tradition is, at least nowadays, American freedom is like freedom to do something. It's an act of freedom which allows you to act in the way you want freedom to. Whereas freedom in the Catholic tradition seems to be more like freedom from something. Freedom from sin, sin, freedom from vice, freedom from death, things like that. And so that, I think, essential distinction... You can already see how a conflict could conceivably happen between the two of them. Because sometimes something that makes you freer to do something makes you less free from something. Or vice versa.
2: Yeah. Um, on the distinction Jarek was making, I just, I think it's important to get this in early because you can phrase that a lot of different ways. And the way I've always thought about it is exactly the opposite of what Jarek just said, although we believe, I think, pretty much the same thing, which is a more Catholic conception of liberty would be freedom to something. You have freedom for or to something to be excellent to, like, do as we would ideally, as God would want us to choose. Um, And I mean, we're free from sin. For freedom Christ has set you free but and then the more secular understanding of liberty is freedom from having to like freedom from rule and restraint and just choose whatever you want because the power is in the choice Mm. and not necessarily the goodness of what you choose like freedom from as in my terms freedom to in your terms is license if you will and mm-hmm. Yeah. instead of real liberty, in the Catholic sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. That may- Maybe a, a way to phrase it that doesn't hinge on sort of that fine distinction on the from versus the to would yeah. be that the Catholic view of liberty is like, the ability to be virtuous, the ability to have virtue to do the right thing. Whereas at least in the current American understanding um, this is, wasn't necessarily always the case, and we can talk about that, but Right now, the American understanding of freedom is the ability to do whatever you want without being judged or interfered with. Basically,
2: what do you mean when you say that wasn't always the case? Oh, but
1: because I said this a little while ago, that sort of the American founding idea might have been freedom the the freedom in the sense of sort of the founders, the the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence was not the freedom to be a libertine in the same way you might think of it in a modern sense um with Eh. the American revolution the American founding the freedom that the founders were talking about was a freedom that involved rights essentially that the the to quote, uh, we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That inalienable word is really important. We sort of breeze over it sometimes, but inalienable means yeah. it's something inherent to us that the government cannot interfere with. Our freedom is these rights. We are free. F-
0: Not just that our government can interfere with it. Nobody at all exactly, can. Exactly, exactly. That we can't even interfere. Yes,
1: yes. That we are free to have life, to have liberty, and to pursue happiness, essentially.
0: Although I don't understand how that, like, sort of... Because I think people still talk about freedom today as a whole rights thing. Like, I have the right to screw up if I want to. And, like, that's a little bit of a, of a diminution of what you're saying. But there's still, it's still tied to an essential idea of rights. Which, actually, if you look at the, the tradition of the Catholic Church, the idea of, like, a fundamental human right didn't necessarily enter the vocabulary until recently. There was always an idea of fundamental human dignity, but there wasn't this idea of, like, I have this claim which I am going to exert over you which allows me to do blah, 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 blah.
1: I think there's a reason for that. It goes back to Julie's mm. point earlier, actually, uh, that sort of, it's not... F- fundamental human rights, that idea has sort of changed. Like, like the idea of liberty and the idea of rights, that that's, those have changed in sync. That what you consider right mm. nowadays is much more the right to do what I want and you can't get in my <laughs> way. Yeah, whereas um, yeah. that's not really how it was um, originally.
2: I think we might – do we care to make a distinction of positive and negative rights? Um, because something like – because you mentioned – you talked about how America is founded on freedom and we went back to the Declaration of Independence, and the Declaration of Independence, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's very right-endowing. Um, it's saying, like, you have these rights, but at the same time it's a piece of paper – an important piece of paper yes. that's given to us <laughs> i am pro de- i'm pro declaration of independence just for the record <laughs> um, thank goodness we have one but when you have a government which and like you accept the theory of social contract then our rights um where we get our, our liberty in the sense and our sense of moral responsibility with choices if you really stretch it um that's a much different theory of a group of people and the government giving us the choice even if we do even if we do make reference to God, which some other declarations don't like the UN Declaration of Human Rights doesn't. I don't think the the French version of this is the does French not Declaration reference, of, um, rights of Man and, citizen doesn't either. and the more yeah. Catholic definition of liberty we were suggesting um, is based on what Aidan was saying, which is that this is a freedom for to be virtuous. And you can't that standard hmm. doesn't exist unless you're referring to something yeah. beyond the people somehow giving us yeah. these rights. Because, like, mm. I can't give you a right. Collectively, can we give you a right? I don't know. <laughs> it's two yeah, very it's different ideas.
3: Well, according to the Declaration of Independence, collectively, we can and we do give governments their rights. It yeah. says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, driving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So I think the question which you're asking, which we should all be asking, is so who gives the rights to the people? Okay It's an inalienable right. it's the laws of nature and of nature's God, as we read in the first paragraph. So it invites us to to call into question you know what did the founders think about God and his relationship to us and the morality that stems from that
1: actually yeah, that's an interesting question as well because talking on nearer coming up with the Fourth of July. There's been a lot of conversation, especially on sort of the more hot button social issues, about America being a Christian nation um, and what that means and to what extent that's true. And I mean, most of the founders were deists. Um, they believed in God and weren't necessarily Christian. Um, one of the signers was Catholic. But. Charles, Charles Carroll is Carole. my boy. Indeed. Um, yeah. <laughs>
2: but. Oh, Jarek Carroll. The fact Carole. that we all know who
0: that is is pretty funny. Yes.
2: It's only because yeah. of Jarek. For the appreciation
0: of those listening at home, yes. the building I live in is named after Charles Carroll and his cousin John Carroll, who was the first bishop of any diocese in the U.S.
1: Yes, yes, and also the only Catholic signer of the Declaration of Independence, which is fun.
0: Charles, not yes, John. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, but no, to, to my point, I wonder to what extent in what way is America a Christian nation, especially for us as Catholics, because there's been a lot of really bad blood in American history between Protestants and just the American government were generally Catholics, yeah, so as as Catholics, we sort of have a unique perspective on this, so what do y'all think?
0: (laughs) Julie, it looks like you have thoughts.
2: (laughs) I am resisting the urge to rant about the state of New York. (laughs) Wait, wait, (laughs) (laughs) wait, wait, (laughs) wait. Maria, you go. Maria can like I can I can I
3: start with that terrible quote from the newspaper I read, you guys earlier? Okay, <laughs> okay let's hear it. Yeah. So basically, since the conception of the United States of America, Catholics have been, at least at the time, they were considered a minority and hated minority, because so popular thought went, because they owed allegiance to the Catholic Church as a whole, and that's where they got their understanding of morality from they were not able to be good, fully participatory citizens. They would always shaft the United States in favor of the Catholic Church if pushed to shove.
0: <laughs> and they even said this when John F. Kennedy was going was, was a candidate for president. They were still afraid that he'd be some sort of papal minion or something. Like <laughs> Lord knows exactly what they were afraid of. But even into the nineteen sixties, there was this anti Catholic to a degree, paranoia, especially regarding the Pope.
3: Wait, real fast. Despicable Me, I think, has killed the gravity of the word minion because all I can think of is a little yellow guy going. And if JFK was a minion of the Pope, I don't want him to be anything else because he looks great in overalls. <laughs>
1: oh, JFK looks great in overalls. That, that's...
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> welcome oh. to and Theo Table. Red Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Theo Table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry but Maria I interrupted
3: wait. you. wait oh, no you're good I had a I had a quote but I have a quote that goes off your point so it's a better quote if, it's a quote of your quote um so in uh, the 1960s JFK gave a speech in front of a convention of Southern Baptist ministers and he was basic because they had been cascading him in various forms of media and he was basically like nah bro like I'm gonna vote my conscience when it comes to issues that best serve the American people, and I'm not taking directives from the Pope, I'm taking it from my conscience and my experience as a political leader. And in response, Dr. Ramsey Pollard, president of the Southern Baptist Convention in 1960, Sumner, said, yeah, right, he was a <laughs> Texan, he carried guns, what can we say? He said, no matter what John F. Kennedy might say, he cannot separate himself from his church if he is a true Catholic. Go fetch. What do you guys think about that?
0: <laughs> I mean, I think this might tie into your uh, New York rant. Julie. Yeah, and <laughs> just, just to avoid <laughs> the very specific New York
1: rant, I might cover that ground in a more general format. Hey, <laughs>
2: hey, My, I can do it narratively. <laughs> Yay, with accents. Tell us a
0: story. Julie. Okay. You don't
2: fine. want me to do a New York accent, but Aiden, we'll, we'll no,
0: please don't. We'll
2: save it. I'll save it. Okay. Aiden can go. You are spared for now. <laughs> I love the state of New York, by the way. Just it and Catholics. Sometimes, oh, even can here. Everyone at home. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but no, to
1: Maria's point, I think it's really informative, sort of, about Catholics in America right now. That even like 50 years ago, it was, oh, the Catholics are going to be too loyal to the Pope. They won't. They won't like serve the best needs of the country. They'll they'll choose their religion over their country every time. <gasps>
2: Why can't we be more like that
1: nowadays?
2: Like, dead Thank serious. You. We, go, we and, go from Al Smith believe it to or not, Mario Cuomo. Just saying. <laughs> one of them, like, got cat- One of them probably didn't get elected president because a man was a Catholic, and the next one, like, can't, like, assess abortion and pro-life issues back back yes. yes. in this country because he's a Catholic. And yeah. And makes stupid choices and won't be wasn't loyal to his church.
0: It, it, <laughs> and actually, can. along those lines, like- there's a reason why in a lot of Catholic churches, you have an American flag in there. And, like, if you ask people from other countries, they're like, what? You have an American flag in your... Um, I personally don't. Uh, but I've been to a lot of churches that do. Uh,
2: I have a serious do question. you guys not have church? No, I, I have an objection. Yeah. So, uh, backstory, I wanted to be Protestant for a while when I was in high school. I seriously wanted to be Protestant. I was pursuing these things. And I thought it was a big deal that, like, that, that, like Baptist churches oftentimes and... Many prominent denominations, Protestant denominations, but especially Baptists seemed like to me in my high school research had a flag in church. And I was actually really, it was one of the things that attracted me to the Catholic church is that I had never seen that in a Catholic church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I looked into like, why you might not do that. And I was really pleased. Um, and it really speaks to huh. this topic today, because having a flag yeah. in a church <laughs> very much speaks to well a Vatican like flag like how these two things should interact yeah. no no an american well, so flag a
0: vatican flag sure but a lot of catholic churches have a vatican flag on one side and an american flag on the other side to represent that they serve both the pope and the US. Um, where
3: have you seen that? Okay, I've never seen that in I've a church. I've all seen all that like, okay. like in a You've church parking
0: seen... lot or yeah, something yeah. on a
3: flag's pole, but I've never seen it in a, a, a church. There's a
0: big difference. Yeah, I've seen it like in the sanctuary of
1: the church on that's a flagpole. Nice. No, yeah, that's Yeah. Okay. No. I've never seen these. Like, yeah. The Basilica at Notre Dame does this on the outside. A, a couple of churches I, I know of do this on the outside where you have a Vatican flag and an American flag. It's In that case, it's like a school. It's like showing the yeah. d- uh, like we're part of the nation but we also are part of the universal catholic church
3: but yeah. we used to be friends yeah but
1: no the, having a flag in the sanctuary though the objects in the sanctuary all have meaning of worship they all point you towards god and towards heaven and so having patriotic symbols or like there's some examples of when teams win the Super Bowl, churches will like deck out their for- their churches in sports team memorabilia, which has the exact same problem that everything in the church should direct you to God. And if you're putting this stuff in, the if you're putting a patriotic symbol or like a symbol of your country or a symbol of a team in the
2: sanctuary, you are turning that into your God. Hey, I bet we could Thank get you, more yeah, people in yeah. the basilica if we were to put. Golden helmets. All right, the Games golden helmets in
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um.
3: guys, the the priest at my grandparents' church—it's a Catholic church—in there in Pennsylvania has a Pittsburgh Steelers stole that he wears whenever they win a game or if they're playing that Sunday.
1: Mm. And oh, it's okay. just
3: like you know, there's like liturgical bu- abuse, and then there's like liturgical abuse with the capital L. Like it's just so blatant, and he's. And that, that's the homily about football scores, and everyone's
2: cool with it, and it just kills my soul. Um,
0: oh, maybe this is yeah, the last
2: anecdote for a while, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the only else that we thought of when Jerick mentioning flags in a church, um, I was in Boston one time for right around the 4th of July, and I was thinking, they sang, this was a very messed up, liturgical abuse, capital L's, like, it was... It was sad. Um, I think the homily, the homily was outright to the point of the homily was, hey, Catholics, America, what do you do? This was rocky, Boston, we have lots of history. So I'm going to tell you today as your priest, um, you should ignore the church, you should ignore teaching like just because I don't care if like the Pope is reading the catechism from the lectern, like you as American Catholics have to exercise your political freedoms and liberties and don't just be like hive mind to the church um but i thought of this because i was thinking of how grateful i was that we don't often sing hymns that mix the two that there's like three like mm. patriotic hymns or so and and it's like what are they i forgot them that's what I me mean think of it though it's like my country is a v in it's yeah. like i don't like it when you sing the star. Yeah. i've heard people sing the star spangled banner in church and- i don't the know, one i've heard this- more
0: often is like the the navy
2: song I don't remember. What in the world is that. Song shores the of Montezuma, Montezu, Montezu. You can, you can put the that two one. together. You can put. I'm, this is an actual point, and then we can get like back to other subjects. But you can be an American Catholic. You can be a Catholic American. But I'm not sure when I'm in church, when I'm in a Catholic church, if this was the point Adam was speaking to before about Mass and worship. I am there because I'm a Catholic. And the fact that I could see that same Mass if I were to go to Canada, if I were to go to Timbuktu, I would see the same Mass. So I don't need to be reminded so much that I'm an American. When I'm in church, and I would rather not be because I love Catholicism. Because it would be the same if I went to Timbuktu. It is universal, and I think I just yeah. I just really appreciate that. What Catholic that. means? Okay,
3: Aiden. yeah. And that that goes to a point that I, I I wanted to touch on is that our country, I love it, God bless it. Mm-hmm. It is a man-made social historical construct, if you will. The mystical body of Christ, the Catholic Church, is a mystery at the core of it. We read in the Gospel, in John's Gospel, right, that the soldier pierced the side of Christ and blood and water flowed from it, and it evokes, like, Adam and Eve and the outpouring of one's spouse. You know, it's the mystical bride of Christ.
0: Yeah.
3: And that transcends time and history. The United States is fantastic. I love it. I'm proud to be an American, but it does not transcend history. It's not always going to be there. And so... Yes. Yeah, that's just my little rant right no, there. No, absolutely. I wanted to get that out. Absolutely.
1: In. I love that yeah. so much, Maria. And that reminds me of one of just, something just as a Catholic, you have to have this perspective. And there's a great Catholic theology of patriotism I feel like we should talk about. But the Catholic yeah. way to approach patriotism is informed by this one key idea. And that's that you will outlive your country. That one way or another, your country will Pass away Ooh, someday. Hmm. You will Yet. not. Yeah, you are eternal. Okay. Everyone in your country will live on eternally, one way or the other. Your country will yeah. not.
0: Yeah, it's just—it's just,
1: it's a mind-blowing perspective shift. Yeah, yeah it's something we don't yeah. think about
0: at
2: all. I and, feel like we especially have that mind frame because we are a relatively young. Like America has had an amazing—we're young enough, and we've been lucky. So yeah, us especially are not like Europe or a younger nation in more trouble oh goodness but so no because gorgeous. it's true people can treat like there can be i'm gonna make up a phrase here and it might not work very well but like there is an alternate gospel if you will that is this whole like um like screeching eagles shines blazing i on a dragon out of velociraptor and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um like Like, that can, that can turn into, and also it's very easy to to turn, like, political allegiances and we, and the polarization that comes with it, like, if my ideology doesn't control the country for the next 40 years, the country will dissolve in smoke and flame (laughs) and sink (laughs) into the ocean. Like, you can make a lot of, like, patriotic idols, or you can just be a patriot and still be, like, have God be what you worship. Mm -hmm. And... We
3: should avoid that. Can I get a little tangential? Please. Little, just a, l- a little bit. It's the table always. Go, go. Yeah, let's, <laughs> we should be the tangential table. <laughs> oh, no. Just, I don't know, uh, kind of jumping off your point and then taking a right turn. It reminded me of a conversation I had with someone today where they were like, it's terrible. People don't know how to disagree anymore. And, da, 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 da. and I think... And uh, so we we were talking a little bit more, and we basically came to the conclusion that in America, the culture and morality right now is a culture of choice. And that's, like we have been saying, that's our our guiding principle. It connects back to freedom, that we have the freedom to choose anything, you know, like getting Air Jordans versus Sperry's and going into massive debt for college. I just graduated, so, you know, (laughs) um, it's very pertinent in my mind. I'm making my first uh, loan, pay- loan payment next month and I'm terrified, but anyways. Um, wait, where were we? <laughs> so <Yeah, 10> <laughs> like, Tangents, right um, So, yeah. So we have a culture of choice in the United States and you can choose anything that you want to be, but the way we, we see ourselves and we see other people now is kind of a compendium of all the labels that you've chosen for yourself. Mm. Like, let's say I'm a Democrat vegan vegan uh, <laughs> Uh, anti Honda (laughs) Sperry wearing yacht driving person. And those are all my labels. And so when I come up, (laughs) I don't know. But when I come up into, let's say, an argument with someone, and that person doesn't wear Sperry's, they wear chacos, and it's not like let's <laughs> talk about our, sh- <gasps> our our shoe brand and you know what's right, what's wrong, and how it affects our morality. Like, cause I have closed-toed shoes, I have more comfortable kicking people in the shins, or I don't even know how to, like, It's it's not that we're just like ew, gross. You're different. Your labels do not overlap with my labels, and therefore you suck. Goodbye. And it's really sad, and I'm, I'm, I'm just rambling at the camera. It's so late. No. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it makes you think about, like, the anthropology of the human being, right? Because in the Catholic understanding, it's all relational. You know, we are part of yep. the mystical body of Christ, first and foremost. Before you're an American, before you're even part of your family or something, you're part of the mystical body of Christ. You've been saved by Christ on the cross. Because of this, you can you, you can know him as a friend, um, it's relational that's how we see the human person in the United States our anthropology we're individuals first and how do we these are two separate circles and how do how do we get them to meet each other and to bleed into each other because right now you know it's just it's not great anyways Julie I I'll just
2: stop. I just I want to say one line I think and I want to make sure I'm getting your question right and say the line so you're saying, how do we More be like rant, related right. in love instead of related in labels?
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh my
0: goodness. <laughs> Father Kevin would be so proud. Yes. But no, no Maria, for real, though.
1: Yes. Aiden. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Go ahead. Um, thank you. Maria, to your point, the, and this goes actually back to the idea of how our understanding of liberty has changed over time, that mm-hmm. freedom originally in America was striving towards something. It was freedom towards the end of virtue, It's freedom towards the end of being good. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And nowadays f- we've taken this idea of liberty and freedom and, almost commercialized it, but then also made it
0: really, yeah. really Id- We have actually yeah, yeah, it, is, yeah. it, is, it, is, it is. Both convenient. right and left yes, have commercialized yes. it to a degree but, but which then also would probably make the founding fathers sick to their yes. stomachs.
1: But, but aside yeah. from that, it's also become very like individualistic. It's become very personal identity focused and self-fulfillment focused. And because of that, our freedom no longer has sort of a, a common ground, a, a common direction. So how do we have a country like that how do we have a country as you're saying maria where everyone is in their own little sphere of individuality and their choices rule how do we have a country that way
2: actually i am somewhat now perplexed by the two-year statements because i agree with you both and we've been we were maria speaking about labels but we're also speaking about the individual and the problem with when you start getting too much into labels and identities, and your fourteen qualifying adjectives—we're being hyperbolic here—so just roll with it. Um, <laughs> like I, yeah, we don't need to go there. Maria makes up the labels wonderfully. <laughs> um, is if you try if if you put so many identifying factors on yourself, it does split you into smaller and smaller camps. And that at first seems to be in contrast with the idea of the individual with the United which the United States might also emphasize too much, like individualism instead of the like balancing principle in Catholicism, that like you also have a duty to assist the common good. Um, right. But how is it, like I can't reconcile these two ideas, Oh, so help me out, that labels are somehow so, like labels being so divisive into the individual, like I, I don't, I'm not understanding.
1: I feel like it's sort of
2: because like, these are both these are both like how yeah. you have to, the way to is get away from being too individualistic and thinking only to yourself would be some kind of group identification but then when you have the label that somehow gets weaponized as well I don't I don't yeah, yeah. what do we do I, 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 see, I see what you're asking um,
0: because I think maybe. It, it's because it makes labels exclusive. Maybe that's the yeah. problem. Is that like if right. you are thinking about it as a relative, as, as us primarily relational, as Maria relational, as Maria was saying, our fundamental relation is that we are saved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Period. And that is a relation that applies to all of us. A fundamental relation is that we're human, and that applies to all of us. A, fun, a fundamental relation is that we all share a common dignity by virtue of our humanity and by virtue of Christ's saving death. That is key to all of us. I think the problem. That we get to nowadays in terms of labeling becoming individualistic, is that the labels become exclusive to people who don't share them? If that makes sense.
3: That's a good yeah. point. Yeah.
0: That's a great way to illustrate it, and I think that's a great
1: mm-hmm. way to identify sort of the um, the reason we're so divided. Going back to how we got on this topic in the first first place, the, the reason we're so divided is that people find their like there's been a sort of a backlash to individualism. In a sense, there's still a lot of individualism in American culture, but there's also been a rise of more collective ideas. But the problem is those collective ideas are c- groups primed for like irreconcilable different irreconcilable differences. The, the idea of class warfare pick pick your classes there racial gender sexual orientation all the list of controversies. Um, but these camps are camps that have become focused on the ways they're different and so therefore have become focused on the ways that people who can't share their experiences the ways that people can't bridge that gap rather on the rather than on the ways that can and i think jerky had a great Mm. way of illustrating that of the the right way to balance individualism and collectivism is to have a collective identity in groups that have a purpose, and have a purpose that can be shared by anyone who wants to participate in them.
2: That I get that now. Because the other, because that actually, you guys have made me understand. It's perfect. Because the problem with the labels was that, I'm just restating what Aiden just said, but that, like, when you pit, I don't know, um, men against women, like, you can't, like, there is no, there is Okay. Yeah, the twain
0: shall meet. There yeah. there can be
2: no kind con- if you okay, I get it. You lead with fundamental yeah. differences. If, if, if the if the, dif- guess, if the like, label you, is a difference. You, you,
0: yeah. I get it. Aiden, you look shocked at something. Yeah.
1: I just had a thought <laughs> that yeah. I think this is a great way of thinking about how Catholics can relate to America. That <laughs> eh. the, the our identity is Catholics like honestly should come first and foremost because the church has the fullness of the truth and was founded by Christ himself, mm-hmm. and there's lots of important things and we, going on tra- in the church. Yeah. Yeah. As great as, as George
0: Washington was, he was not Jesus 2.0. Sorry for anyone who believes that. <gasps> but, no! Yeah, sorry. Yes.
1: But the, the point is the way to approach politics and American life and patriotism as a Catholic is that we have something that we should be be inviting other people to participate in, and something that improves mm. the communal life of another group we're participating in, and that is the group of America. Mm. And we should be able to bring yeah. Yeah. Christ's love and, and yeah. the ability to constructively disagree and yada, on and on and on and on. We yeah. should be able to bring mm-hmm. these things to bear in the problems of modern political life.
2: Oh my, wait, Aiden, I'm gonna, yeah. wait, wait, I just, too, yeah, uh, like, kind of back up what Aidan just said with the history of America, um, because that makes perfect sense in theory, and it also, sh- it has happened. So what, f- what happened at first with the nativism and the, ah, Catholics are gonna listen to the Pope, that's when you make it two exclusive things. <laughs> they were making it as if these groups couldn't overlap. Um, and that was the problem, as we were speaking to before. But then the, how this works, like Aidan was just saying, is we just need to contribute. Um, and so people might, Catholics to the country, Catholics to the common good, of the society, in this case, America. Um, And so, I mean, you can demonstrate that one way and just like all the charity work the (laughs) Catholic Church does. Um, I mean, you could, if you're, if you want to think economically, you can go to the Catholic school system because of the labor of the Catholic Church, the, the like sisters um, and sheep labor were, A tremendous economic boon to this country because it took a whole lot of people and brought them to a higher class than they would have achieved. You have groups like the Knights of Columbus, um, Catholic charities. I there. Does anyone know a statistic about Catholic charities off the top of their head? I can look it up. Statistic. Um, like the mind-boggling. I guess if you knew charity, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like their mind-boggling influence (laughs) the country. And those are like the more tangible things. This is something I appreciate about Catholic. Those are some, some of the more tangible gains that I think should also speak to the the goodness of the more salvific side and equally important arguably more important side of the the point of Catholicism. More important. So like I just have yeah, to I'm willing put to say that <laughs> point in context from my own understanding. Hey, and- Catholic Charities, oh, Charities has the fifth
3: largest revenue of all charitable organizations in the U.S. Yes, yes. There we go. Fifth. fifth. That's
1: crazy. And I did, like just, even more broadly, like because the discussion of Catholicism and patriotism applies to literally every country, as well as, yeah. as well as America. And so this isn't just an American thing. It's I don't know, remember what the exact numbers are, but the Catholic Church is actually the world's largest charitable organization yes. in terms of hours served, yes. money donated, yes. results, etc., etc. The Catholic Church does the most charity work. Um, full stop. <laughs> but also, I think this is the, the best way to address patriotism generally, because we've been really, really hard on America today. We've said some very harsh things about America, but also have some hope for the future, and I feel like G.K. Chesterton has a good way of describing the approach we should have. As he always does. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I, I can't direct quote Chesterton, unfortunately, but his general point was that the patriot should treat the country like his mother. That if his mother is drunk, he does not av- avoid commenting on or trying to help her through her drunkness. He, he loves her, mm. he loves his country, even when she is in a poor state. But because he loves his country, he cannot leave her in the poor state. Mm.
0: Interesting. Alright. And how is it different than the way we treat the church? Oh. Is it different? It's well. I guess the church being drunk is a problematic image for a number. of Yes. Yes. That no. That (laughs) because
2: secretly all the nativist Protestants were right, and the church is the whore of Babylon. I was gonna say the image of of a woman drunk. No, Julie. No, No, kicked off. Um. I'm sorry. I have have that streak (laughs) in me.
1: In in all seriousness, in all seriousness, that is sort of a not a horrible perspective to take on the church as well, but the difference with the church is that your country isn't divinely inspired or preordained by God in the same way that the Catholic but, Church is.
3: But manifest destiny. <laughs> salvation <laughs> manifest destiny.
0: <laughs> Turned down. We discussed last week why the U.S. wasn't heaven, I think. Yes, yes, that, was that was, right? did come up. <laughs> yes. America is not heaven. This may be news to some of you,
1: but America is not actually the physical manifestation of heaven on earth.
0: Of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. This could
2: be a really good musical, though. Pointing, like elucidating the whole. It's like Joseph Smith 2.0, but like, like America, like the history of America and the trajectory of America is the way of salvation. Ooh. And so, uh, like, uh, wow
0: I don't know where you're going there, but I would, I wouldn't go there.
2: I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's not an uncommon thought,
0: right? But no, it really.
1: <laughs> the, the point is, like, America has treated itself like we are like the way the truth and the life america has spread its culture to the entire rest of the civilized world in a pretty serious way uh, it's can duty is
2: yeah. like that today yeah yeah like if like if instead of like the mcdonald's popping up in everywhere like you had catholic churches popping up in everywhere that'd be so yes. cool
0: but the solution is not to turn churches from McDonald's, right? Because if that's what you're wondering, that is not the way we're going. No church, McDonald's, McChurches. Yeah, m- no because McChurches. when you
1: embrace McChurches, that's when you get televangelists and mega churches and the Osteens and Creflo Dollars, and that is a subject for another day.
3: Oh, yeah. guys, we should do we should do evangelical prosperity gospel churches. We should. That would
2: be fun. Yes, But this is the Patriotism Podcast, and I think we've done a pretty good oh, job sorry. of it. So I think we've done great. Yeah.
1: Should we end on a hideout? again? We have we the should. we have amazing content
2: and terrible conclusions. We do because we don't <laughs> really want, and we want to go to the next podcast about well. churches. Can,
3: can, I, can I get can I give an anecdote which may or may not be a conclusion? Or just to show that, you know, not even all Catholics have this figured right. out. When I came to Notre Dame, so there's a dome with the statue of Mary on the top of it. And it has a lightning rod on it. And I was walking on campus with my older brother, who is two years older than me and also went here. And I was like, oh, it's something to be Mary." married. And he was like, oh, yeah, the little antenna thing goes straight to the Vatican. Gives the he, They give directives to Jenkins, and that's how they run the whole place. And as a freshman, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah, no.
1: Just like JFK, Catholics Even people don't, on this podcast thought Catholics that. don't take direct orders from the Vatican, beamed into our houses.
2: <laughs> I love it. and if we if we could develop that technology, yes. resist commentary on Notre Dame and court cases and religious liberty. Again, this
1: is... Oh. Yes, in Notre Dame court cases. That actually could be a thing we should talk about pretty soon because that's in the news. But yeah. Yeah. For now, Jarek, do you want to end us in prayer before we start three new podcasts on this one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thank you all for listening as always. Um, please pray with us the prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas and let us begin. As we begin all things, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant us, O Lord, minds to know you, hearts to seek you, wisdom to find you, Conduct pleasing to you, faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Amen.